Brackets and Bets on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. Bet $10 at WinBet and get $200 in free bets. Bet big, win bigger with WinBet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com and start winning today. We're also brought to you by PropSwap, America's marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. Use promo code SGP on your first deposit to receive up to $500 in bonus cash. Head over to PropSwap.com or download the PropSwap app. We're also brought to you by StableDuel. StableDuel is a horse racing DFS app where you can play free and paid games for real cash prizes. You can win as much as $25,000 with one entry. Head over to StableDuel.com to get started today. And of course, don't forget to download the SGPN app for all of our free picks and podcasts. All right, already. Welcome back to Brackets and Bets. I'm your host, Noah Beanick. You can follow me on Twitter at 77, the word 70, the number 7, NB. Um, and my co-host today is currently ranked 8th against the spread on tally site, 36 and 27, 57.1% betting against the spread on every game. I'd like to welcome in Nick Famalant. How are we doing? That's a that's a good intro. I like that. Thank you. Thank you. And I I drilled your last name finally, right? Yep, that was good. All right. So yeah, Nick is 36 and 27 ATS. I am 35 and 29. I don't know how I got one more ATS pick in there uh compared to you, but I'm hitting at 54.7% good for 16th out of 63 people on tally site. So pretty dang good if you've been following the brackets and bets show. Um, and then I've also been giving out money line picks, 40 and 24, 62.5%. Not amazing, but we're above 50 or above half of the experts on tally site. So, Nick, we've completed the first and the second weekends. And you look at the four teams left remaining in the final four. And man, is there a lot of blue. It is a blue blood party in the final four. Um, I feel bad for Cal and Kentucky. They didn't get invited to the party. They got left off the, uh, you know, VIP list, but this is a, this is like what I at least love uh, like in the final four, like March is always awesome. It's cool to get the upsets in the first couple rounds, but when it comes down to the championship rounds, I want it to be who the best teams in the country are. You know what I mean? Yeah, my argument, I guess, um, for everybody on Twitter saying that this is like a boring Final Four and they're not going to watch uh, the semifinals and the national championship game, my argument is this. I, In my opinion, I think this is one of the best tournaments we've had uh, ever. You So we, had, we didn't have too many first-round upsets, but we had plenty to fulfill our appetite and we had a 15 seed making a lead eight run we had an 11 seed making a lead eight run we had a 10 seed making a lead eight run but you know what all the all the blue bloods in the final four they have the biggest fan bases this is going to be great for the sport of college basketball you couldn't ask for anything better than this if those like do those people know that duke and unc are playing in the final four like how can you say that this is a boring final four 
I don't know, but it, do they know that it's the first time they've ever faced each other in the NCAA tournament? I'm sure they've heard that a million times at this point, but like for real, like when you look at the head to head since coach K took over at Duke, it's 50 to 49 in favor of Duke and the total amount of points scored in those 99 games, Duke outscored has outscored them by 21. So like this head to head is about as close as it can possibly be. 100%. And that's why Colby says it. And I think it as well. It is probably, even though I don't really have a love for either uh, school, I, it's probably the best rivalry in all of sports. Oh, a hundred percent. And this has to be like, at least for sure in recent memory, I mean, maybe I'm hyping it up more because I am a Duke uh, guy, like, but this has to be like one of the most anticipated games, like, like ever, like it's a huge matchup. Yeah, for sure. So let's tout uh, the futures that we gave out on last episode. Nick, what did you hit on? So I gave out a couple, you know, after the Sweet 16 was all settled, I took UNC to win the East. Uh, I had Miami and Providence to win the Midwest. I thought um, one of them would come out more likely um, Miami, obviously, because they were playing Iowa State, but they absolutely fell apart in the second half to Kansas and got smoked. Um, and then I had Duke to win the West. So we hit on UNC to win the East and Duke to win the West, um, and we missed out on the Midwest on my end. Yeah, so... You had a great weekend. I had a great weekend. We were kind of teaming up on Twitter, uh, just kind of touting uh, the success that we've had early on this Brackets and Bets show. Uh, for me, personally, on the first episode, I gave out Villanova to the Elite Eight at plus 130. That cashed. I gave out Kansas plus 120 to make the Elite Eight. That cashed. And then uh, also I gave out Kansas plus 150, and that cashed. I gave out a Gonzaga um, Kansas final four appearance parlay. Um, unfortunately, Gonzaga lost to the Razorbacks. That was a cool story. Um, and then up top, I, I had action all over the place. Um, and then uh, Nova came out. So I, I didn't put anything officially on Nova because I had them just go into the lead eight and I was totally cool with that because I had action on Michigan and Zona going to the final four. And lastly, on the second or the third podcast that we had, I had UNC to win the East at plus 350. All around, I gave out my fair share of losers, but came out more winners than losers or just more money made than money lost. Um, and the ATS records, the money line records show it. Nick and I have had a hell of a tournament so far. We thank you guys for the attention and the downloads you've given given to us. So we want to jump into uh, a little bit of a recap, not too long, but Nick, kind of what surprised you in the West region? So obviously we got to talk about uh, Musselman and the Razorbacks speeding in Zaga. Um, I, I loved it. That was Thursday was probably uh, one of the best days like I've ever had with Gonzaga getting knocked out because I just hate Gonzaga. Uh, just I, 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 everyone hypes them up saying they're the best team in the country. They've been that way for the, at least the past two years. And, you know, they fell short in the championship game last year, but I've said it to you. I think I've said it on this pod too, that 
if they didn't win last year, like I really, really don't think that they're going to win uh, a national title. Um, and that was proven true, at least this year with Musselman taking them out. Um, so that was obviously a big talking point. Um, and then we had Duke, Texas Tech, obviously a very close game. I was nervous the entire time. Uh, th- that's the most nervous I've been so far is that game because everybody was on Texas Tech. Everybody, you look in the media, everyone had pl- had minus one with Tech. They thought the defense was going to stop Duke, but I think Duke made some good mid-game transitions, especially when they switched to the zone, and then they went back to man deep in that second half, and that was what they needed to get the job done. Yeah, 100%. I'm going to go back to that Arkansas game for me personally because I did have Gonzaga coming out of this region, and I didn't think that Arkansas kind of had the uh, star power or just manpower down low to be able to slow down Drew Timmy and Shet Holmgren, but Jalen Williams really emerged. I was very um, surprised with the uh, talent and skill that he played throughout the game, dropped 15 with 12 rebounds and three assists. That was a hell of a game from Williams. And he took a couple of key charges that fouled Shet out of the game. Yeah, he he is insane at um, getting charges drawn. Like even he, he did it. Country a, and charges. Insane. What it's like he's in the 50s with charges uh, yeah, I drawn. Think it was I think. 53 insane i mean he i know everyone's probably heard it too like he wears like special padding under his like jersey and stuff because he's he just knows and it's like it's so weird to see because you'll see guys driving and he won't even be like near the spot and then like in like a second he's right there just take he's falling already taking the charge yeah he he had a really outstanding performance in that game that's an amazing talent to be able to take a hit from a six eight six nine six ten big (laughs) right get back up and i yeah and i agree with what you said i i mean arkansas really doesn't have the star power to take this this gonzaga team down like if you look at paper like they just really don't like skill wise gonzaga was for sure the better team but when your guards really don't perform i mean nemhart had seven points strother had 12 i mean timmy was just trying to put the team on his back and carry him but it just wasn't enough yeah of course yeah, J.D. Note really showed out. I had him on my DFS team because, of course, I went back home to Michigan where you can uh, play college DFS, and it is uh, legal, unlike here in PA. But, uh, yeah, so Arkansas really surprised me. Uh, gave out the Gonzaga future. Now let's move down to the east where we had North Carolina emerge from the region. Were you surprised by that uh, UNC-UCLA game? Um, St. Peter's, uh, we both were laying a lot of points on Purdue and St. Peter's won it outright. What's your takeaway from that region? So, yeah, the Purdue St. Peter's game, if we want to hit that first is really, I mean, it's, am I surprised looking back? No, but like in the, at the time, yeah, it's like, I don't understand how Purdue doesn't get the job done here. Like, (laughs) How, like, how do you lose this game to St. Peter's? It just just doesn't make any sense to me, but um, yeah, I mean, they really just fumbled it there. They they should have been the ones playing uh, UNC, but um, yeah, with UNC coming out of the region, I mean, we both predicted it and I, and I'm not surprised, but man, that game against UCLA was, I mean, UCLA was winning that game almost the entire way. And then, you know, it gets down to the sub three minute mark and Caleb Love just like goes like super saiyan and just can't miss anything. Yeah. 
uh completely agree with you there i um I, I don't know how to say this but i i wanted and i expected a close game between unc and ucla and that's exactly what we got and the part where i was really surprised was st peter's taking out purdue but honestly was i surprised i knew like we were saying all along that purdue was kind of these frauds every year and actually after that game they showed a stat uh matt painter has lost to the most uh teams in the ncaa tournament ranked 12 or higher he's lost to five of them yeah i mean that's just like the big 10 and purdue specifically like choke that we always talk about almost like every year yeah it's rough uh being a big 10 supporter Okay, top right section, we had Villanova come out of the bracket. We had Houston beat Arizona. We both had, uh, I think we both had the points in Houston, correct? No, I was laying with Arizona against Houston. That was one of the two games I lost in the Sweet 16. Yeah, man. Um, So were you surprised by that outcome? Again, like looking back, you know, and not being in the moment like am i surprised i mean yeah arizona is a very skilled team right like we kind of expected them to at least get to the final four this year but i mean houston just like was going absolutely insane this tournament too like they shot the three in this game against arizona 45 percent. like they went nine for 20 i mean it's really hard to keep up with the team when they're shooting 45% from three. So, uh, I mean, shed had 21 Edwards had 19, like these guys were just, just popping off. And like, we talked about a lot too, like Creasa just not being at hundred percent really, really hurt Arizona. Um, <clears throat> Coloco, you know, was a little bit quieter in comparison to his earlier rounds. And so, yeah, I mean, Houston is just a really good team and props to them for beating Arizona. Yeah. So I think the biggest takeaway from here is just, the impact that the Justin Moore injury is going to have, that was uh, brutal to see that in the last two minutes of that game. Um, best perimeter defender, second leading scorer on the team, and the second leading rebounder uh, plays a pivotal role on that Wildcats team. We'll get to more of that in a little bit when we cover their final four game. Let's jump down into the last region, the Midwest, where Kansas emerged and they took out the Hurricanes of Miami. Yeah, so I think this was a super expected result. Um, I would assume a majority of people had Kansas coming out of this weak region. They're definitely the strongest um, of this pool of teams. Um, I, the, the collapse by Miami in that game was really rough to watch as a Miami Packer, and I was really rooting for them. I was hoping we had three ACC teams in the Final Four. That would have been awesome, but, I mean, Kansas at like smacked them in the second half. Like it, it wasn't even close. Um, but yeah, that game versus Providence, um, they were leading well, again, a lot of that way. And then Providence started calling back and making it a close game. That was uh, a fun game to watch. Um, and then I, that Iowa state Miami game, as, as you pointed to me on Twitter, about 80%, 75% of the public was on Miami. Yeah. Sometimes, sometimes they're right. I, I really think Iowa State just super lucked out with their draw and facing like that LSU team and then Wisconsin just dropping the ball against them. Like uh, Iowa State, it, I mean, again, 
they turned a two win program last year and into a sweet 16 team this year. So again, like I, I'm not trying to like trash them or anything, but I just really don't think they are that good of a team. I think it was more um, just where they got put in the bracket, but Miami was the better team. Uh, Miami's guards are awesome. Um, so yeah, the public expected that, but really bad collapse by them in the second half for Kansas. Yeah. You covered that region pretty dang well. I will branch off. Um, there were two, heavy heavy public plays that me and you were talking about on the podcast and i was on the contrarian side of both going against the public i took uh iowa state plus two against miami got burned there and then we both had uh purdue minus 12 and a half we got burned there uh both both games the public was 75 percent or higher on uh the dogs or not the dogs on uh miami and the peacocks so you know what sometimes they are right learned a little bit of a lesson there um and then also how you said uh kansas dominated the second half of that game against miami the second half score was 47 to 15 yeah holding miami to 15 points in the second half is is like insane i mean obviously their defense is good, but Miami's offense, it was like there was just a lid on the basket the entire time. Like they just could not score. Yeah. And I mean, we're going to cover more about this Kansas defense in a little bit here. And a perfect segue is how you mentioned that Wisconsin may have been a little bit of fraudulent. If you guys have the SGPN app, you would have saw or seen the DGen dance contest. Um, I accidentally, not accidentally, maybe might have placed all of my DJ dance credits on Wisconsin to cover against the Iowa State. So I'm out. But if you are like me, or if you're not, like you still have a couple thousand DJ dance credits, but you're not near the 300,000 that's in the lead right now. SGPN, the Sports Gambling Podcast is giving you another chance to take home $1,000. If you download the SGPN app, subscribe to SGP on YouTube, follow SGP on Twitter, and follow SGP on, the SG, uh, on Spotify, you are eligible to win the contest. In the contest, there are 10 different predictions you will need to make, varying from the final four picks to the in-game final four predictions and props you will need to uh, outperform the field in order to claim the cash before we get to our predictions for the sgp contest let's talk about sgpn's presenting sponsor WinBet. are you looking for las vegas style casino fun in the palm of your hand look no further than WinBet, the premier online casino from the five-star win resorts properties from classic table games to all the best slots and thrills and jackpots WinBet has everything you need for the ultimate casino experience. Sign up today and receive a 100% first match up to $1,000. WinBet Win Hour from 2 p.m. to 3 p.m. Pacific Time gives you better prices on select games. Anyone who has the WinBet app is alerted right on the hour. Also, if you bet $500 or more on college basketball through uh, the final four games, you will be entered into a two-night stay at WinBet Las Vegas. For example, if you wager $1,100 on the men's college basketball tournament through the Final Four, you're eligible for two entries into the prize draw. 
There's so much to choose from, and all you have to do is download the WinBet app or visit wynnbet.com to get started. The offer is subject to change. Terms and conditions at winbet.com must be 21 or older and present in the state where play is through WinBet. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. There are never enough things to gamble on, and the one sport that runs 365 days a year is horse racing. The best part is, now there's a new way to play the ponies, especially if you are brand new to the sport. Check out Stable Duel, a daily fantasy-style app where you can play free and paid games for real cash prizes. Pick your horses, build your stable, and play against others to move up the leaderboard. Win as much as $25,000 with one entry. Don't know anything about the horses? Don't worry. The app gives you clear data on which horses to select to build your best strategy. The app is free to download at StableDuel.com. Multiple games are offered each day with free games weekly at tracks all over the United States. Get in the app, create your account, and start building your stables today. Invite your friends to play against to play against you or play against our stables. You can even follow them in the app, and we can compare our own stats. Download now at StableDuel.com and see how many winners you can pick in your stable. See you in the winner's circle. Play, race, win. Brackets and Bets is also brought to you by PropSwap, where America buys and sells its sports bets. The final four is set, and PropSwap is your place to cash in on the big dance. The last two weeks, PropSwappers have been making thousands of dollars by simply buying and selling college basketball teams. You can always find the best odds on PropSwap because you're buying directly from other bettors like yourself. Then, after you make your purchase, you can either go for the win or resell your bet at any time to lock in a profit. Like Patrick from New York, who sold a $1,000 35-to-1 Houston championship ticket for $6,000 on PropSwap before their Elite Eight game. Patrick turned in $1,000 into $6,000 guaranteed, and the buyer got the best odds in the country. Go to PropSwap.com or download the free PropSwap app today. PropSwap also has a loyalty rewards program that turns your ticket sales into extra bonus cash and a first deposit cash match Use promo code SGP on your first deposit and PropSwap will match your deposit up to $500. Join the real sports bettors on PropSwap, where America buys and sells their sports bets. Now let's get into the Sports Gambling Podcast Network's $1,000 giveaway. SGPN is at it again, this time giving away $1,000 in their Final Four contest. Respond to 10 questions and whoever has the most correct wins $1,000. To enter, just go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash final four. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash final four. Let's dive into this SGPN contest and let's let's do our picks on the podcast here for the people, right? Let's do it. I'm excited. All right. So game one, prediction one. We have the spread of the Kansas Jayhawks and Villanova Wildcats game. Kansas enters for the contest minus four and a half. Nick, do you have an opinion on this AT, uh, on the spread? I do. Uh, I really, I know you touched on it earlier. I really wish more was not injured for this game because this is, this would have been um, an even closer game than I think it still is going to be. Um, but that injury is really tough for Villanova. That is something that 
I think they're still going to game plan obviously very well for it. And they're going to be in this game. I don't think it's going to be a blowout, but that injury is just, it's hard, right? It, it, losing your second leading scorer, it's hard to come back um, and, and like, you know, generate those points that he gets um, on his own. So I'm going to lay the four and a half with Kansas against Villanova in this spot. Um, I think it's going to be a close game, um, but I think that injury is really the tipping point for me in picking Kansas. Yeah, I'm not usually ever this simple-minded when it comes to a play, but I'm going to try not to overthink this one because this play screams take Kansas minus the four and a half. Um, like I've already said, more they're, they're, he's Nova's best perimeter defender their second leading scorer, and actually their third leading rebounder. I think I said second. Um, the worst part about this injury is because Moore is their best defender, he would have been guarding Oshai Abaji, who's a uh, ca- uh, candidate to win the Naismith Award Player of the Year. Uh, Villanova is a team that relies on its excellent three-point shooting with a season-long percentage of 35.7%, good for 61st in the country. The Jayhawks held both of their efficient three-point shooting opponents in the second half to under 18% from three. Providence shot 17.4% compared to their season average of 34.4, and Miami shot 14.3% compared to their season average of 33.9. I like Kansas minus four and a half. Anything you'd like to finish off with? No, I'm in complete agreement with you. I, I just feel bad for Villanova. I, if if Moore was in this game, I know the spread would obviously be very different, but if probably. anything, I would honestly take Villanova probably like minus even like one or two. Um, I don't I don't think it would have swayed that much, but I would have probably backed Villanova. I would have been all the way as well. I it's like it's hard to um we're we're judging it based off of this one injury. And I don't think that's how we should because Jay Wright is one of the best coaches in our game right now. As K leaves, Jay Wright, I mean, if you get Coach K versus Jay Wright in the championship game, let's just say that. What if Coach K loses to Jay Wright? I know you're a Duke fan and it's not what you want to hear, but it's just the passing of the baton to the next best head coach in college basketball. I could very well see that. Because Jay Wright has won three titles in the last decade, basically. And it's it's unjust to rule out the Wildcats because of an injury. But let's move on here. We have the second prediction of the contest. You need to pick the total correctly of the over-under 133. Nick, where do you fall on this? I'm going to go with under 133 in this spot. I think there's going to be a lot of defense um, in this game. I don't think there's going to be too many threes being shot or at least being made if they are being shot. Um, it's I think it's just going to be an intense game, and Villanova is really going to have to step it up on defense as well. It's probably going to be a key uh, key for them headed into this game. Um, and like you said, like Jay Wright is definitely one of the best coaches in college basketball, um, and he's going to game plan for this, um, and he's going to get their defense up and ready to go. So I'm going to go with under 133. Yeah, I mean, if you put up – I didn't even say this. If you put Jay Wright up against Bill Self, I'll take Wright any day of the week. Agreed, 100%. Okay, so – Although Villanova probably won't have uh, their, I, I think Villanova won't have their typical offensive success. Their, the game script is probably going to go in their favor 
When you look at the tempos of both of these teams, they're polar opposites. Kansas loves to run up tempo and Nova likes to slow it down. Typically in these matchups, the slower team dictates the game's pace. Just take a look at the Jayhawks games against Providence or game against Providence. The Friars were able to control the tempo and they kept the game low scoring. It is also evident in some of Kansas's big 12 games that they played in where teams were able to slow down the game and stay in stride with the Jayhawks. I'm on the under 133 as well with you. Um, prediction number three. Got, you got to get as many of these correct, guys. Duke, UNC, ATS. Uh, the spread for the contest is minus four in favor of Duke. Um, I think I know who you're taking to win the game. Are you going to take them to cover too? Yeah, there's. <laughs> I've been riding them the whole time. I was I was going back and forth with uh, J Mark, who's a part of the SGPN two on Twitter as well. That I we were talking about, you know, the tally site and betting spreads and our percentage hits. And I I just said just keep betting Duke and, and your percentage <laughs> is going to go up. So yeah, of course I'm back in the Blue Devils. This I it feels to me like I hate saying this because I really don't believe in it, but anytime I see it happen, it tends to come true. Like it just feels like a destiny team. Like it feels like they're just destined to take this thing home in K's final year. Yeah. I wrote an article for the contest here and that's kind of what I'm judging my uh, analysis off of because I've already kind of written it and I'm now just talking about it. I called Duke a team of destiny more than once in this article and it, it just cringes me because I'm not I'm not a Duke guy. I I I didn't I grew up not liking Duke. I, I don't hate Duke. I just don't like him. And uh that's kind of just how you are as a college basketball fan. You basically associate yourself to maybe one blue blood or you hate them all. For me, I was always an underdog guy. I love seeing the underdogs. That's why I like this tournament, seeing St. Peter's go all the way that like they did. Unfortunately they fell up quite a bit short. Um, for me, I go, I go back and forth against the spread in this game. I think Duke's going to win it. Uh, the second weekend of the tournament, Duke and coach Shashesky made in-game adjustments to a zone defense when the games were tight. They didn't do that against UNC in the first two games. Maybe the blue devils try to go to the well for the third game in a row. The zone would be effective in defending UNC's big man, Armando Baycalf, who had 12 and 23 point games against Duke so far this year. Does the zone, the the zone doesn't do well against their perimeter shooting though. The Tar Tar Heels shot 41 and 38% from beyond the arc in both of their games against Duke this season. Also, Nick Dant mentioned on the college basketball experience that Brady Manick is shooting 11 of 20 for 55% from three in two games against Duke this season. Manic is such a problem for defenses because he is, he's a stretch forward and it keeps teams honest to defend the three when in man-to-man defense. This opens up the Tar Heels center, Baycott, to feast. So Duke will have to pick its poison, death by twos or a barrage of threes. Now, I did find this tweet as well from Jared Burson on Twitter. North Carolina's leading scorers in the NCAA tournament so far in the round of 64, it was Brady Manick with 28 points against Texo in the round of 32. It was RJ Davis with 30 against Baylor 
in the Sweet 16, it was Caleb Love with 30 against UCLA. And in the Elite Eight, it was Armando Baycott with 20 against St. Peter's. It's the first team, the first time that UNC has had four different outright leading scores in a single NCAA tournament. Um, I, I, I lean North Carolina plus four. Talk me off of it. I mean, you bring up some good points. Like it, it pains me to say it, but this UNC team is, is really good. Like you have the guys down low and you have the guys on the perimeter that will, you know, they're going to make their threes. Like if Caleb Love gets in the zone, Brady Manick gets in the zone, RJ Davis, like one, if they catch the ball beyond the arc, I'm, I'm already scared that it's going to go in because these guys get in the zone and they just, they don't miss like, it, like Caleb Love on UCLA and, and the round before, like he just doesn't miss when he grabs the ball. Like he was just pulling up from wherever he wanted. And you just thought you just knew it was going to go in. Um, but I, in regards to that zone and the man to man, I obviously, again, I am not like a smart person. I'm not a coach. I don't know shit about that stuff. I just watch the games and bet on them. Um, so instantly I would rather, I would, I want to, I want them to start in man to man Duke and, and see how that goes. I, I would hope that the help defense down low and Williams on Baycott, um, is hopefully enough to not let him drop 20 plus points on them um, because I'm just more afraid of their three point shooting than their paint scoring. Um, Cause like I said, Manic and love and Davis are just absolute weapons, but I, I really think that like just skill wise that Duke is the better team. And this Duke team is not the same team that we saw when UNC came to Cameron and beat them a couple weeks ago. Like this team has just like evolved drastically over the last couple of weeks into what I think is the best team in the country. So uh, I, I don't see, I don't know. I just don't, I don't see Duke losing. Like this is, they, they've just been playing unbelievably well. And you know, these guys want revenge on that game. Like these guys have, this has been ever since North Carolina probably beat Baylor in the back of their minds. They're like, we're going to play them in the final four. Like we're, we're going to have to be ready for this. Like it's just going to happen. So I think these guys are just going to be ready to go. And I, I, I don't know. I just really think Duke's got it. Do you see the post-game interview with Tracy Wolfson when she uh, asked Paulo for the second time, yo, Paulo, like uh, blah, 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 blah is on the other side. Who would you like to face? And Paulo goes, I'm, you're not getting me this time. <laughs> in the right. ACC tournament, he said UNC, they got Vatek and Virginia Tech beat him in the conference championship game. This time he says, I don't, I, I'm not going to answer it. And now they get UNC. That's exactly who they wanted <laughs> in the ACC, right? Right. Yeah. I, I, I think these guys have wanted revenge since losing that game. And I, I really think they're going to get it. I, it's just, again, am I speaking like, pure homer wise like a hundred percent like i really think this game if i could like go out of body and talk about it from like a third person perspective like this game is going to be close and it's going to be awesome but i i really think duke's going to get it done that's the answer i wanted baby okay so uh the blue devils won via blowout in chapel hill and then the tar tar, tar heels returned the favor in durham with a blowout i think this time the game's going to be a great back and forth tilt I'll get more in the detail on how I think this game might end. Give me North Carolina plus the four. Uh, I'm not confident at all, but on, on uh, 
on the sports gambling podcast.com uh, where you see the college basketball ATS picks. I will have this game locked because we've got three games lo- uh, left guys. I'm just going to lock every one of them. Okay. Yeah. I've been locking them since like the sweet 16 <laughs> <laughs> and like, again, just to add on, like if you like, I can easily lie to you and tell you like, do, like I'm not nervous at all. And Duke's going to win by like 15 and have it be a repeat of their blowout. But I really like thought about buying like a heart rate monitor or like borrowing an Apple watch and putting it on just, I just, I would love to see like what my heart rate and like blood pressure is going to be during this game. Cause it's going to be like unhealthily high. That's hilarious. I, I have a, I have a Duke friend back home. Shout out to Evan Pletz. I asked him, how confident are you in Duke beating North Carolina in the semifinal game? And he goes, I have not been confident in this team one bit throughout the NCAA tournament and they've won every game. I'm not going to change it. I'm still nervous as hell. So uh, dude, it was, it's funny to say that because I was super confident in them like all the way up. Yeah. You had them winning, right? Right. Oh yeah. My original bracket, like before any of this happened, I do have them winning. So like, obviously it's again, like it's super just like, I'm a fan and I'm going to put them in the championship. But like even that Texas tech game, like I knew they were going to win that game, but I was still nervous. Like this is the one game so far that I'm like, shit, like they, you know, it's going to be a battle. Like that Arkansas game again, like a shout out Arkansas. They're awesome. And I love them, but like, I mean, Duke wasn't going to lose that game. No, uh, they, it was never really in question. Um, I've watched almost every minute of Duke games so far this tournament run because they've been in the primetime slots because it's Coach K's last year. And I haven't seen like a questionable call go Duke's way. And I, I think to myself, yeah, that's rigged. They want Coach K to get there. But like, I should have, I should have seen this coming. He, we should have known that duke was going to the final four i'm kicking myself right now that i didn't uh tell you but like at the time they had lost their biggest game of the regular season at home in k's last regular season home game um in cameron by 13 to north carolina their bitter rival and then they lose the last acc tournament game for coach k uh where he had a chance to go out with a tournament victory i was just like i don't know if they can win this big if they can win a big game you know? Yeah. I, I, I felt like the exact same way. Like, uh, I, I, again, I was, I was nervous for Michigan state because that's to me, like just another big rival of theirs. Like obviously they're at a conference and, and everything. So they don't play that much, but anytime they do play, it's always, you know, it's got that rival type of atmosphere just because it's is over K and it's two obviously very good programs, but like, yeah, I mean, I felt the same way. I wasn't confident coming into this, watching those last, that last week or two of them playing. I was like, they're like, they're not going to get that far. But like I said, I think they've evolved and matured like as a team. And it's just a way different team from that ACC tournament. Yeah, I agree with you. And I've seen it like uh, in the final minutes against Michigan state, they were losing and then went on a little bit of a run and won it by like seven or eight. And then um, Texas Tech, that was a hell of a game back and forth. Yeah. <laughs> that last seven, six or seven minutes of that Tech game, they made every single field goal. Yeah. They, they shot 73% from the field, I think it was, in that entire second half. Yeah. So, like, everyone that was hyping up Tech, like, all, all they had to do in that game was just play defense because Texas Tech offense is not good. So, as long as they could get their shots and get buckets, like, I, and play at least just, like, even just better than decent defense – Texas Tech offense wasn't going to be able to do much. 
Yeah, I agree. They were like in the sixties on Ken Palm for offensive efficiency. So, um, but yeah, we, the next prediction that you need to make is you need to nail the Duke North Carolina over under the total is set at one fifty one. I'm going to start on this one because my analysis is, I think this one reeks. I think it smells so bad. I think Vegas has its fingerprints all over this number. Um, I think it might be chalk to lay the over because in the first two games that Duke and UNC have played, uh, the total score was 154 and 175. Those are both quite over 150, 154 is slightly over 151. 175 is uh, not close. <laughs> so this one smells really bad to me. I don't know where I should be, whether I should uh, try to play it with Vegas and think this one goes under. But uh, both defenses rank outside of the top 38, and both offenses are in the top 20. I might lay chalk. I'm going to go over 151. Is that how you feel as well? Yeah, initially just looking right at the number, I want to bet the over exactly with what you said with both defenses not being that um, you know, outside of what top 38 you said in their offenses are obviously insane. We talked about UNC's offense, you know, to the lengths over the first two rounds, at least like just dropping 94 average points. Um, so yeah, initially I want to go over, um, looking at the public and money spread, there's 55% of the public is on the over and 69% of the money is on the under. So obviously it's not, you know, we're, we're a couple of days off of Saturday yet. So that could change, but I do lean the over and, you know, every, you're going to watch this game, right? This isn't one that you just bet and don't watch. There's only two games on. So are you really going to want to root for an under while this is the only game on like, hell no, you're going to want to, you're going to want points. So let's, let's take the over. Yeah. I'm right there with you as well. Um, Prediction number five, you need to predict which team will score the most points in both the final four and the championship game. And now I just want to throw this out there before you give analysis. Disclaimer, the team that scores the most point, the most points may not actually win the national championship. Nick, um, does that kind of stick out to you? Is that kind of in your um, prediction process? Um, yeah. So what you guys want to remember is that Obviously, you're going to want to pick a team that's going to win their final four game because I don't think you're going to get the most points scored with one game instead of two, unless something insane happens. Well, I mean, if they lose, then then there's no way. (laughs) Right. So you're going to want to pick a team that's going to at least get to the championship game. So I'm personally going to go with Duke here um, because I... <laughs> I think they're gonna. I think, I mean, we just touched on it. The over is gonna hit in the Duke UNC game, so there's gonna be points scored. So they're gonna, and they're gonna beat UNC, so they're gonna get to the national title game. And on the other side of the bracket with the um, Kansas Villanova game, I think that that game is gonna be low scoring. Again, we touched on that under. So I don't think Kansas is gonna rack up a lot of points in that first game coming into the second game. Um, so I'm going to ride with Duke. All right. So here's my angle and I'm going to try my best not to give away my national champion here, but Duke, let's say Duke beats North Carolina in a fire fest, but they then play Kansas or Villanova in that national championship game. The totals for the semifinals are so different. 
the winner of the Duke UNC game is probably going to have scored 80 points to win that game. And the winner of Kansas Villanova would have scored probably 65. That's all you need to win. Um, or all you need to win on a 133 point spread or total. So if that's the case, Kansas or Nova would have to beat the winner of the Duke UNC game by 15 points in the national championship in order to win this prop. Therefore, I have Duke winning the game, so give me Duke to score the most points in the tournament. Right, yeah, I agree 100% because, well, I don't want to spoil anything, but I, I agree, I agree. <laughs> I mean, uh, a lot of people probably know where you're leaning for your national champion. It's your, your original <laughs> national champion still alive. So I, did, I didn't want to spoil yours, that's all. <laughs> okay. Um, so prediction number six, the highest three-point percentage from a team in the final four and the championship game. Now, another disclaimer here before you give your analysis, the team that scores the most points or the team that has the highest three point percentage, there's a typo in my article. Shit. Um, yeah. The team that has the highest three point percentage may not even play in the national championship game. Nick, what does that mean to you? So that means to me that one of the final four teams, even if they lose, can win this uh, prop bet. That's how I'm reading the prop, too. That makes sense to me. So what I'm looking at is Duke is 71st in the country at three-point defense, and they're playing a UNC team who's pretty hot from beyond the arc. And I don't think that the Kansas-Villanova game – Although, yeah, it's percentage-wise, though. So I, I'm going to go with my original gut pick here because these these picks I made just – I made these picks just before we recorded. So I just looked it over, looked at your article. Everyone give that a read as well to understand these. But I'm going to go with my gut, and I'm going to take UNC just because they're so hot that it's hard to doubt their three-point shooting. So I'm going to go with them. Yeah, I'm, I'm on UNC, uh, the three-point shooting percentage. Um, for me, the two clear weaker three-point defenses in the Final Four are Duke, UNC, and they're both playing each other. So it's not crazy to say that the loser of the Blue Devils and the Tar Heels shot 40% from beyond the arc. If that's the case, they have no chance of ruining their shooting percentage against a, three point, against a better three-point defense. Uh, I like this pick actually quite a bit. This is one of the more confident ones I have. I think Duke will edge in UNC, but I think UNC keeps that game close. I have UNC plus four. I think they're going to have to hit some threes to stay within, uh, to keep this a game with Duke. Uh, North Carolina highest three-point percentage seems like as as much of a lock as I could give for this conference. Final four predictions, number seven. In this contest, there is a uh, prop yes or no question. Will there be a lead change in the last 10 seconds of any final four or championship game? So far in this tournament, we've had 64 games played and zero buzzer beaters. Nick, do we finally get a a Jalen Suggs like final four buzzer beater, one buzzer beater for the 2022 tournament? That's the one thing we're missing, right? And we are missing that. Um, but I don't want to ruin everyone's fun, but I don't think it's going to happen. <laughs> I think, I think Duke is going to take care of business in their game versus UNC. I know I, 
and you know i've i've gone back and forth with myself even you know earlier on the pod because i don't know how that game versus unc is going to go i but i really think they're just going to win uh comfortably i don't want to say they're going to smoke them because it'll be relatively close but i think they're going to get that job done without um too much of a sweat coming down the stretch um the the championship game in what i think is going to be duke kansas is where it could potentially happen um but i'm going to go with no i think duke is going to just is going to take care of business and close out these games strong Look at you. You're Mr. Chalk and your fun police. Come on. I'm on the yes. I'm on the yes. Listen, if Duke gets a you know a buzzer beater in the last 10 seconds, I, I'll listen. I know I'm on the minus four. I don't really care if they cover that at all. Just I as long would, as they win. Oh, dude. Yeah. I don't if listen, I'll sacrifice whatever just for them to win. I don't give a shit about the bet as long as they win. But yeah, I mean, yeah, if Duke wants a buzzer, there's one thousand dollars at the end of the line. Here. Right. Yeah. So listen, uh, that's that's a lot of units right there. So I'll take the thousand bucks over, <laughs> you know, a couple unit play on Duke minus four. But yeah, I mean, yeah, if Duke wants to knock out UNC with a buzzer beater, like I'm totally fine with that. All right. I, I'm on the other side. I think there will be a buzzer beater. We're bound to have one, right? Just like how Duke, they have this run of destiny in front of them right it's all it's all the the path is paved perfectly for them not really because there's three other blue bloods in the final four but you flash back to last year Jalen Suggs hit one of the best game winners best shots uh in general that I've seen other than probably the North Carolina winner against Villanova in like 2016 or 2017 whenever that was uh, Suggs hit the game winner, jumped on the scorer's table. That was awesome. I think we see another game winner made in one of the f- three Final Four games. And last year, Gonzaga, they were one of the uh, country's best teams all year round. They were actually like the number one team for the whole year. Um, and they went up against uh, a little team we might call Cinderella. Um, we look at Duke. They've been one of the best teams in the country for most of the year. And if there was a Cinderella, I know they're blue blood, but the Cinderella this year would be North Carolina. I know UCLA is probably a blue blood in most people's eyes. I think they're a blue blood as well, but we call an 11 seed, a Cinderella eight seed, maybe a sleeper, maybe a dark horse. Cinderella's fun though. Um, give me a game winner in Duke UNC. I expect this game to be close throughout the whole 40 minutes. And I actually think North Carolina could be leading for quite a few of those 40 minutes, but a Duke UNC rivalry doesn't get any better than a game winner in the final 10 seconds. I predict a missed Paulo Bancaro J and a Mark Williams put back to seal the victory. Now I know you're a big Mark Williams guy. So what do you think about that? Like I said, I'm down. I, I hope Mark Williams, I, I I know I talk about him a lot and a lot of people do too, but I wish he would get more shine than I think maybe he does in the media's eyes. I mean, maybe I'm just blind to it and haven't seen it, but Mark Williams is fucking awesome. Like he, he is so good. And I really believe that they wouldn't be in the position that they are right now without him. Like a lot of the Duke guys too, like, you know, they've been shitting on him all season because they weren't performing up to Duke standards. And then like Jeremy Roach, like everyone wanted him gone and like, look at him now, like without Jay Roach and Mark Williams, they would not be even close to where they are right now. I agree. Um, so prediction number eight, 
you're going to need to predict who wins the NCAA tournament. Now, you know Nick's prediction. He took Duke over Kansas. This would bring the Coach K farewell, farewell tour complete full circle because in 1991, Christian Leitner led Duke and Coach K to his first ever national title. Nick, I mean, give me your analysis. Why is Duke going to win this tournament? Again, it's, it is cringe to say, like we both said, but it just feels like they have a destiny like vibe to them. I felt the same thing, you know, switching to college football with that LSU year with Joey B at LSU. Like they, it just feels like they come the end of this. I mean, the end of the season for Duke was really bad, but you know, they come into the the playoffs or March Madness for basketball and they just look just unstoppable. Um, so I, I'm going to go with them. I, I really do think that they're, the best team left of these four uh i think it, it's it's just a perfect storyline for them you know what i mean like it is like a textbook like it's made up like all oh, the you know one of the best coaches if not the best coach like to coach college basketball is retiring this year like let's send him off with a storybook win and you know he can retire with a, a national title but it really does feel like that's how this this year is going to end yeah i i think i <sighs> No, I, I don't know. Come come over to the Duke side, man. Come on. And no disrespect to Coach Wright and Nova, I think you have to rule them out. I think Kansas gets there. And I'm most comfortable in taking Kansas to beat Villanova. Um, Self has had better teams in the past and has choked with them prior to getting the Final Four. This year, it's been different. In January, Bill Self's father passed away. Since then, he's been able to lead the Jayhawks to his fourth career Final Four. I think it's self. I think self avenges his runner-up placement in New Orleans 10 years ago. Kansas edges Duke in the national championship game for me. Gross. (laughs) (laughs) No, I, I, I agree with you where, like, I don't want to disrespect Jay Wright, but, like, it really i i agree and i'm with you that i feel like kansas beating them is like my most confident play yeah so ultimately for me i think the semifinal between duke and north carolina feels too much like a national title game to me after the win bancaro or caleb love will say we still have one more game to win but it's hard to think that way after coming off of a win against your bitter rival in the final four game prior. Uh, I, I like, I, I, I don't like it, but I'm going to go Kansas. You're banking on a letdown spot in the national title game. You know what? Like the national title game for them is the semifinal. Okay. <laughs> no, they play UNC a million times a year, man. That's just another walk in the park. They've never played them in the uh, yeah, yeah tournament though. Right. Right. Yeah. I, I, this is the biggest game between the two programs. One hundred percent. It has to be right. Yeah. hundred percent. Coach but, K going out. You want North Carolina wants to send them out on a loss, right? Oh, of course, dude. Yeah, I, I, I will not sign on to Twitter. I think for the, <laughs> a week if they lose, because I'll make if, you, I'll tag you in a couple no, of yeah, I'll see, uh, mascot logo. Just I'll see him next weekend because I, I don't think I'll survive if I see that. But yeah, I mean, uh, I, I just think uh, I agree with you if it wasn't 
like the national title game. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I think it's, I, it's hard to predict a letdown spot because it's the national title game, but right. I mean, I, it, but again, like you're not wrong at all. Like this, they're going to, they're going to be, I think more amped up for this game than the national title game in terms of like emotion wise. Like, yeah, obviously the title game is way bigger than, than the final four game, but it's, there's meaning behind this final four game. Yeah, 100%. Okay, so we have your national title winner. Um, the last real prediction that we have is you have to predict the NCAA attorney's most outstanding player. You have Duke winning. Do you have a Duke player winning that? This is a really hard pick for me um, because there's three guys that come to mind when I think of most outstanding player. Um, because obviously you have Paolo, who's going to be a top two pick, in my opinion, um, in the NBA next year. So it's hard to say he's not going to win it because he is for sure the best player on this team. Um, but in terms of most outstanding um, within this tournament, you've had players like Jeremy Roach who have gotten taken out of the starting lineup for this team and then put back in the starting lineup for this tournament. And he has done nothing but exceed expectations i think um so jeremy roach is another guy on my mind and then again we go back to mark williams who i think is a solid solid piece who's also going to be in the draft next year he's not he might not be a lottery pick um, but he's going to be in the nba next year so he's obviously a very good player but i mean you have like jay roach and and dell throwing him oops down low and he's getting rebounds and he's protecting the rim for them so um it's a really hard pick for me um Oh God. I don't know. I, I, the default, the default, I mean, I am Mr. Chalk, right? So I'm just going to say Paolo because he is the best player on this team, but um, emotionally wise, like if I'm like, man, I really want that guy to win. Cause that would like make me happier than getting the pick. Right. Yeah. Um, probably Jay Roach. Um, obviously it depends on the next two games, but I think getting taken out of the starting lineup and then being placed back in it, having a lot of, you know, expectations on you and then exceeding them and leading your team to a national title is, is it's again, it's an awesome story. So it's emotionally what story, right? Exactly. And you know, who doesn't like that? So, um, I'll take Paolo for the pick to win, to win the SGPN contest. But if Jeremy Roach wins, I won't be sad. I'm kind of, in the same realm as you here um i'm also tailing ryan kramer from the sports gambling podcast because he said that on said this on uh their episode as well for the record i gave credit to this specific player on a the college basketball experience podcast episode a week prior to hearing kramer give this pick out uh for the contest so i want to i want to put that out there i'm not directly taking it from him um, although he is Kansas' leading scorer, my prediction's not going to be Oshai Abaji. The senior guard is in the Naismith Award conversation uh, for the National Player of the Year, but he has not been the best player for Kansas in the big dance, in my opinion. The most outstanding player on Kansas so far this postseason, for me, has been Remy Martin. The Jayhawks six-man has won the Midwest, the Midwest region's most outstanding player award and has averaged 16.8 points, 5.3 rebounds, 3.3 assists per game off the bench with only five, tur- five turnovers. Put some respect on Remy's name. Let's go. 
Yeah, I agree. Remy has been outstanding for this Kansas team. So if if Kansas does win it, I, I think Remy should win that. Uh, should be the most outstanding player as well. Okay, our last prediction is you have to predict the total amounts total amount of points scored in the national championship game. Just give me a number. This is so hard to do. <laughs> this is <laughs> this is where these guys really put your brain to the test. And like I said, I'm not a smart guy at all. I like when other this is people a tiebreaker too. You don't have to get it dead on. Right, right, right. Okay, so maybe that gives me a little more false confidence here. <laughs> um, so if we got Kansas versus Duke, it's definitely not going to be too too high. I'm gonna say one thirty seven. Are you kidding me? Is that what you have? Yeah, I have 137. Dude, <laughs> I'm not kidding. I have your article pulled up because yeah. I was reading it pre. I didn't look. I was only really looking at like what the contest like, you know, picks were, like what yeah. the actual thing was. I did not read that you have 137. <laughs> I had a whole spiel for this too cuz you know you guys know like I'm obsessed with the number 7. My Twitter handle is 77. Uh, follow it seven the word 70 the number seven nb follow nick on twitter at cbb nick um but yeah i was born on the seventh day of the seventh month and i wore a jersey with at least one number seven for every sports team i played on growing up 77 points is way too low for a college basketball game final score so a few years ago my mind went drifting growing up in michigan i played hockey with my two cousins one cousin wore number four. I wore number seven. And the other cousin wore number nine. I feel like a child saying this, but four plus nine is 13. And then add seven to the end of that, and you get a final score of 137. But that's not it. That's not all. I have used that number forever in bracket pools. But in 1991, when Duke beat Kansas, the final score was 72 to 65. 137 total points book it i love it i love that i just randomly grabbed that number out of nowhere and you're on the same thing <laughs> that really like if if WinBet has like a predict the score like bet or like you know a range like a range of points like 131 to like 138 or whatever like i have to bet it now yeah i mean this is kind of um otherworldly right now because i i went through this whole spiel of how i always guess 137 and then i predict this national championship game to be duke kansas they played in 1991 a national championship game and the final score was 137 it was meant to be right that sounds too this this is weird now because that sounds like way too like this is set the the ncaa might be setting some shit up (laughs) (laughs) although I don't think it's rigged for K to win and I got Kansas beating them 72 to six. Yeah. Well, that's right. I think you didn't read the last page of the book. <laughs> so is, is this on win? Like can, does win have this offered uh, the, the exact total? Of, I wonder uh, that's something we're going to have to look up. It might not be up there right now. Yeah. That's what I was thinking. But like when they, when they have the final two teams left, if it's Duke, Kansas, this is a brackets and bets special guys the total yeah. is going to be 137 listen if they set the line at 137 though what do we do 
Uh. <laughs> <laughs> we have to find like a there you know that special like prop under the total section of like exact score yeah, or like exact. the range yeah i'm totally down i'm gonna bet like 10 units on it now i don't know i don't know if you should go 10 units because that thing's gonna already be like plus sixty thousand or something that, that sounds like a, the exact amount of points scored so that sounds like a big win then dinner's on me next time you come to michigan <laughs> that would be awesome bro uh, I know they offer like the the exact final score. Yeah, we'll have to see because it's it right. It's for sure not out yet because obviously they don't even know who's playing each other. Yeah. Um, but yeah, once once that part of the script is done, um, and it's Duke versus Kansas in the final, uh, we're definitely gonna have to look at it. Okay, so a yearly tradition is the uh, I don't know the journalists or the college basketball world. They vote on who is going to win the coach of the year and who's going to win the player of the year, like for the national, for the, for the country throughout the whole season, not just the tournament. Um, do you have an opinion? Do you have a prediction on who's going to win coach of the year in 2022? Uh, it's the man who just got to his 13th final four. Oh man. Mike Krzyzewski. No way. There, there how, how can you not give it to him? There's like other, there are. Okay. Okay. That's I'll stray away from my dude. Cause people are going to like tweet me and tell me I'm just <laughs> sucking them off too much. So let's, I'll exclude Duke from these conversations. I really, um, again, this is probably like a, a chalky answer, but like, how can you exclude Shaheen Holloway out of that conversation? I, he might've, he might've earned it because the, uh, Cinderella run. Right. You're taking a team who I don't remember the exact number, but it was like over 15 times the amount of money spent on their program versus Kentucky's program in the first round. Yeah. They take out Kentucky. They take out another mid-major in Murray State. Uh, they move on and beat Purdue <laughs> in the Sweet 16. And then eventually they're, you know, every Cinderella run has to come to an end, right? They fall in the Elite Eight. The first 15 seed to ever reach an Elite Eight and he put, I mean, he put St. Peter's on the map. Like Good. this program is, you know, obviously he left and is now at Seton Hall, his alma mater, but he set this program up for success. So I'm hoping they get a good um, coach to replace him. Um, but, and, and his demeanor, like he's just a really likable guy. Yeah. He's like, a people's coach. He, he, yeah. I like, I would want to play for him as like a player because he seems like, like you said, he's a player's coach. I mean, he played at Seton Hall. He knows like, he, he knows the mentality of these guys and how to get them ready for the game. And clearly he's very good at it. So um, I'll, I'll say Shaheen Holloway. So, so I like the Shaheen play. Um, I don't think he's going to win it though. My favorite thing about Shaheen throughout this whole tournament run is just his silent uh, sort of confidence. I guess you can say that he has because he, he always says it with a smirk, like a, a, a shy, a shy voice, but you know, coaches can't be shy, but he's like, yeah, I, th I think we got this. I, I, I feel comfortable. Like I, I like yeah. where we're at. And then he goes back into the huddle and then they get ran off before by 16 by UNC, but like throughout the tournament run in the mid game interviews, post game interviews, just soft spoken, easy to like guy. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, yeah. Like you said, he's just a super, like he seems so chill that I'd love to see what he's actually like at like halftime of a game in the locker room. Cause like you said, there's no way he's talking like that in the locker room. Um, but yeah, he, it's hard to root against him. So when he's at Seton Hall next year, I'm going to be a low-key Seton Hall fan because I, I just hope he 
um, can translate the success he had this year to Seton Hall. Me too. Um, so I'm going to, I'm going to ask you to look this up while I kind of explain some of the candidates look up uh, if it's out there, uh, who are the final candidates for this award for coach of the year, because I'm going to give you some of the candidates that I think of off the top of my head. You have, Tommy Lloyd, a first-year head coach leading Arizona to a second overall seed uh, one year after an NCAA tournament ban, he's got a great argument. You have T.J. Otzelberger, who had who took over an Iowa State team who had two wins in all of the regular season last year, and he took them to the Sweet 16. Then you have Kelvin Sampson, who lost two, his best two players this season and took Houston Cougars to the Elite Eight, but my pick to win the national coach of the year ed cooley baby ed cooley from providence college they won their first ever regular season and uh, regular season big east uh championship and they've been a uh, 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 basketball program for so long to win their first uh big east conference ch- uh, championship in the regular season is amazing and he followed that up with a sweet 16 appearance and they lost to a team that's appearing in the final four in Kansas. Um, he didn't, Ed Cooley did not have one uh, first team all American from the big East conference. And that team still played their asses off every night and went to the sweet 16 and won their league. Yeah, I agree. I think Ed Cooley is a very good pick. Um, I, I like that too. I hope. Yeah. I, again, I, w- I'm, I wouldn't be mad about if any of these guys wanted that you listed because I think they all deserve it. Um, so while you're explaining your choices, I looked up um, the, the semifinalist name for the 2022 uh, Naismith Coach of the Year. They named 10 finalists on March 10th. Uh, some of these are going to be um, shocking, one in particular. Uh, Mark Adams from Texas Tech. Okay, not bad. John Calipari. Uh, <laughs> I don't think you can vote him, right? No. Uh, Ed Cooley is on here. That's my vote. Scott Drew. It's a good one. I mean, they uh, had a couple of injuries as well. Right. Yeah. I, again, wouldn't be mad if he won it. Uh, C. Forbes from Wake Forest. Good one. Yeah. Greg Gard at Wisconsin. <laughs> he, he didn't get out of the first weekend. Come on. Uh, yeah. I don't. I, yeah. It's too hard. When you have expectations like that and you fall short. For me, like, for me that's not the award that somebody from wisconsin wins <laughs> agreed uh tommy lloyd arizona yeah it's one that i mentioned i like it yep um matt uh matt mccann at murray state sorry if i butchered his name matt mcmahon yeah yeah matt mcmahon i think sorry did he did he grab a new job where'd he go uh let's see i think he landed a new job which yeah, lsu yeah oh he's taking over for will wade yeah I totally forgot about that. Until you said that. postseason ban, but uh, <laughs> to McMahon. Right. Yep. So he's over at LSU. Um, I get another iffy one, at least for me, Bruce Pearl at Auburn. They had, they had a rough end of the. Yeah. Um, and then you mentioned Kelvin Sampson at Houston. Uh, yeah. I like that as well. I, I think he's probably, sorry, I was reading a text. I think he's probably four or five on my list, but I do think he should be in the running for it. I like that. Yeah, I think uh, like seven of these 10 names listed on here uh, 
deserve it. Obviously it's hard, <laughs> you know, you can only give it to one guy. Right. Um, but yeah, I, all, I think all of these guys, especially some of these guys that were here on their first year um, and, and getting to, and like getting to where they ended their season is impressive. Um, so yeah, I, I surprised K isn't on here, but I guess when you're expected to win everything, that's, you know, it's hard to get voted for. Okay. um give me your national player of the year for the naismith's trophy um so do they have finalists for this as well i will i'll pick one off of the list so i don't just make one up i'll give Um, mine i guess while you're looking okay yeah go ahead give me johnny davis from wisconsin to that team was not a tournament team prior to the regular season. And Johnny was not expected to do much at at all. And he really emerged. He took a huge freshman, the sophomore leap. Uh, Johnny Davis is it for me. Like he he led that team. I'm not, I'm not so sold that it was guard. I think it was more Johnny because when Johnny was not on the floor for Wisconsin for like three or four of the games, this regular season, they were not the same team. Uh, they almost lost to uh, Nichols State when Johnny Davis didn't play. So Davis was the biggest difference maker for a single team, in my opinion, this regular season. How about you? Yeah, I completely agree. He obviously was very – I mean, he's an insane player. So I agree with you um, with your testament to him. So I'll read off of the list really quick. Um, if you want to give like a thought or two right after, I'll breeze through it. Oscar Shibway at Kentucky. Yeah, I mean, he might, he's probably going to win it. I think he was the favorite entering the tournament. I do think getting bounced against a 15 seed has something to say about it, but Shibwe averaging 15 points, 15 rebounds a game is pretty damn good. So he probably could win it as well. Yeah, uh, completely agreed. He was, he had an outstanding year. I feel bad for, I mean, obviously he's part of the team that lost, but I do feel bad for him at least. Um, Johnny Davis is listed second. Um, which you just touched on. Ochayabaji is third. I think it's a little high. I think I got a couple of guys in front of him, but I like it. I mean, he's probably the best player. Not probably. He was the best player on Kansas for the whole year. Okay. These are ranked in order. This is Andy Katz's list um, of okay. the NCAA. So this is his in order. Kofi Coburn at Illinois. I think he's too high. Like Agreed. I would take, to be honest, Kofi had support. You know what I mean? He had Alfonso Plummer. He had Trent Frazier uh, on the outside knocking down shots, which allows Kofi to just go to work down low. To me, I don't think he was the most important player to his team. Agreed. Um, EJ Liddello, Ohio State. Yeah, I mean, that's a good one. Uh, he seemed like he was the number one player on that team for sure. A hundred percent. He's the best player on Ohio State. I, I would just take Jordan Davis over EJ because uh, Wisconsin had a better regular season than Ohio State, but nothing against EJ. Agreed. Um, Keegan Murray at Iowa. Good. Like, yeah, that, that's a good one. Shit. I forgot about him. <laughs> um, uh, go ahead. Sorry. No, no, no. You go. I was just going to go into the next player. So if you oh. have anything on Keegan, uh, I'm probably, probably going to stay with Jordan Davis or Johnny Davis. Johnny Davis. Yeah. Jordan Davis is a country music singer. <laughs> Johnny Davis. <laughs> um, at seventh. Um, who I initially thought of, um, before really diving into this list is Jabari Smith at Auburn. Uh, It's, it's hard with the season. Like they, they, 
blah, sorry, the season that was expected of them and then how it ended. Um, but he, I mean, he is, again, he's going to be a top three pick in the NBA. He's very, very good. Um, he was definitely the main guy on this Auburn team. Um, so like right off the top, that's who I thought of um, without looking at the list. So what do you think for, about Jabari? For me, I was thinking that Jabari kind of also fed off of Walker Kessler's success down low too. That was one of the best front courts in the country. Yeah, hundred um, yeah, percent. I didn't really think of Jabari, but Jabari's probably probably top five. He probably deserves it. Uh, coming in at eight is Drew Timiak and Zaga. Again, kind of like the Walker Kessler thing. He had Shat there too. Yeah, don't give it to Drew Timmy. Anybody <laughs> but him is fine on me. Drew, the mustache. Baby. I, dude, I heard someone the other day like say that he's going to be so good in Europe like you know in a couple of years and i could i couldn't agree more he's gonna be awesome in like That's whatever amazing. european country picks him up um nine jaden ivy at purdue it it's hard when you have like all the big guys down low to helping yeah. you succeed i mean again jaden ivy uh lottery pick lottery pick yeah he's uh, again like i'm not taking away from any of these guys right oh. as i'm sure you're not either but it's it's hard when you have like you know four weapons on your team um especially the big guys down low that you can just feed it to and then they get the points scored i agree um and then 10 is benedict mather in arizona yeah that's a good choice i like him as well so you're gonna go with johnny uh i go with johnny how about you i think i'm gonna give it to Sh- i know i i thought of jabari smith um i think i'm gonna give it to she way kentucky um i think it's just he he like it's just insane down low he was getting what like 15 boards a game (laughs) like getting a double double every game is kind of uh i mean maybe it's easier said than done for the guy like him that's just so big down low but again that's just a testament to how good he is that that's what we expect of him every game yeah i think i agree with you there um anything else you want to throw into the podcast to end it um other than that i hope you guys mute me on twitter if duke uh wins um oh, loses? If, no if they lose i won't be on twitter so don't worry about that <laughs> um if, if and, they lose mute me because i'm gonna be tweeting yep, at him there you go so <laughs> if they win just just unfollow me for the week um but no in in for real um again like thank you guys for all listening giving us this opportunity and um this is this is going to be I, I can't believe that people that say this is going to be a boring final four. Like this to me is like, this to me is what I, again, like I said in the beginning, it's what I want. I want the upsets and chaos in the first weekend, maybe leading into the second weekend. But when it comes down to the final four in the title game, I want the best teams to play each other. Like if we had like Duke versus St. Peter's or Gonzaga versus St. Peter's in the final four, like it's, are you, it's not going to be close. They're going to, you know, it's not going to be a close game. It's going to be like a, what, a 10 point, 12 point spread. So having these, having these like one, well, I guess they're both two possession spreads for the final games is, is what I like to see. So um, we've had a great tournament so far, but it's not over yet. We still got three more amazing games coming. So just stay tuned for those. Yeah. Uh, I, I second everything that Nick said. Um, if this is the uh, last from us for a little while on brackets and bets, thank you guys for listening. And again, we appreciate all the attention that we've gotten. Um, just uh, heading out, follow me on Twitter, the word 70, the number seven NB. 
and then follow Nick on Twitter at CBB Nick. Nick, for the Sports Gambling Podcast Network, what will you turn your content to after the college basketball season? Uh, I'm starting to get into some NBA picks. Um, I'm going to get more in tune with NBA come down the stretch. I'm, I want to get involved in some playoff action. Um, and then after the basketball season's over, um, honestly, I don't really have anything super in mind. I want to get into obviously baseball starting and I'm going to be posting picks and betting on it for sure. Um, but I want to, you know, now that we're with SGPN, I want to get in, you know, more in depth with it and, and learn as much as I can. So I'm not just like, you know, throwing darts at the board and hoping they hit. Um, so I, I'd like to pick up baseball and add that to, you know, my repertoire of things that I'm confident in giving people picks for. Um, so short-term NBA, long-term uh, baseball. Sweet. Uh, for me, uh, I'm already hosting the, or co-hosting the college, ba- uh, college baseball experience with uh, at the Colby D on Twitter, Colby Dant. Um, and then also I'm jumping into uh, the MLB content as well. Uh, in a fantasy baseball draft as we speak, I'm going to select Lance Lynn in the fourth round and Charlie Morton in the fifth round as starting pitchers here. Um, yeah, I, for me, I love fantasy sports in general. So I'll be giving out DFS lineups for MLB um, plays for college baseball. Uh, I can't wait for the NCAA tournament and the road to Omaha begins. It already began, but it really gets heating up in uh, May. Um, and then fantasy football, I guess that thing for me, I love fantasy football, but I don't do it year round. These guys in the Slack channel, join the Slack channel. Uh, we'll link it in the podcast description. They're doing fantasy football year round. So if you're a fantasy football junkie, hop right in there with them and you'll love it. Um, thank you guys for listening. And I bid you adieu. Uh, thank you. <laughs>